Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Marini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Since 2011, Greece's population has gradually been shrinking and getting older, and all the numbers show that this is a trend that will continue into the future. Prime Minister Mitsotakis even described the issue last June as a ticking time bomb for the country. This isn't an issue that's unique to Greece, however, as most European and Western countries are also looking to address similar challenges. Thodoris Yorgakopoulos, a journalist and columnist who contributes frequently in Kathimerini and the editorial director at the Aneosis, a Greek think tank, joins me to break down Greece's demographic challenge and what can be done to adjust to this reality and look to reverse this trend. Thodoris, it's great to have you on the Greek Current with us. Thanks for joining. Hi, great to be here. Thodoris, is Greece's demographic issue quickly becoming the main long-term challenge facing the country? One of the main challenges. It's the problem that's underlying all the other problems in Greece currently, meaning financial issues, economic issues, development issues. As you mentioned correctly, Greece's population has been decreasing since 2011. Now, population is a curious thing. It's dependent on birth rates, death rates, and immigration. That's it. There's nothing else influencing the population of a country. And having a small population is not that important. Switzerland has a smaller population than Greece. Norway as well, and they're managing just fine. The problem and the issue that we're facing is that our population is diminishing in size, and also our median age is increasing rapidly. We're an aging population, and this has many important consequences that we can discuss. But I think it would be useful to say a few words about why the population of this country is decreasing currently. Yeah, what are the trends that have brought Greece to this point? Well, so far, Greece's population had been increasing up until 2011, mainly because life expectancy was increasing in line with other Western countries. And at the same time, during the 90s, we had an influx of immigration. People from formerly communist countries would emigrate to Greece and we had an influx of new people, mostly young people, who fueled our population increase. Most of them actually stayed here, and over half of them are still here. But at the same time, birth rates in Greece have been very low ever since the 80s, even. Greece hasn't had a baby boom in its history, ever. From 1920s onwards, Greeks never had that many children. Greek families never had too many children. And since the 80s, our birth rate is below 1.5 children per woman. And now, since 2011, the immigration issue has totally flipped because of the financial crisis. More people are emigrating abroad than immigrants that are coming into the country. So these are the main drivers of the decrease of our population. Since the beginning of the last past decade, over 400,000 Greeks have emigrated to other countries, mostly Northern European countries. And at the same time, much, much fewer immigrants have arrived to Greece because now Greece is not a very popular destination, final destination for immigrants. So we have had more people dying than being born in the country for over 15 or 20 years. And we have had more people leaving than people arriving for almost the same period of time. And that has led to the population decrease that's going to continue in the foreseeable future as well. What do the forecasts show? You know, What are experts warning in terms of where Greece's population will be over the next decades? There are several different forecasts based on different scenarios, on immigration, on uh, economic development, 
all scenarios agree that the population of Greece is going to continue decreasing well into the late 21st century. By the end of this century, according to some rather conservative estimates, there will be fewer than 9 million Greeks in the country, 8.5 to 9 million. If there are more financial problems, more immigration waves abroad, this could be become even worse. Now, this isn't the worst outlook in Europe or even in the Balkans. Other neighboring countries like Bulgaria or Romania have even more negative outlooks looking into the future. But it's not a positive outcome because when a country's population is decreasing, there are severe consequences, economic consequences, social consequences, even geopolitical consequences that we have to consider. And it's a problem similar to climate change. There are things that you can do to mitigate it, but you have to also adapt to its effects because they are inescapable. You talked about this having a broad impact on the country. And over the last years, you've been studying the demographic challenge facing Greece. What are the broader challenges that this declining population will pose in the long term, if we can get into more specifics? Well, there are so many of them. Let's touch upon some of them and... Our listeners can think about those issues in more detail. First, you have the issue of identity. How do people think about their country, about their nation, when it's decreasing in population, when more more people are leaving, when people who start families have fewer children because they are not very safe about the world they're bringing them into. The second issue is the geopolitical one. What kind of army does a country that has a decreasing population have? How can it continue to guard its borders effectively, especially against the neighbor that's having a completely different demographic outlook. And then there are more pressing issues, economic issues. For example, how do you pay the pensions of an aging population when the number of people who are actually of working age continues to decrease? According to most projections, the number of people who are of working age is going to diminish substantially until the end of this century. By 2050, about a third of the population is going to be over the age of 65. This cannot create a viable pension system in the country, at least one that is similar to what is present in the economy today. And it's also a matter of who creates new ideas, who builds economic opportunities, who builds new companies and new wealth. These things that are necessary, important drivers of economic development mostly come from young people, university graduates, skilled workers, and we will have fewer of them in the near future. Now, there's an issue, though, that sets Greece apart from other countries that face similar problems. We have several untapped pools of human capital in this country that could mitigate the problem, that could help us adapt into this new reality, this new demographic reality. The very low participation of women in the workforce is a problem and at the same time is an opportunity. We can close the gap of our diminishing working age population by having more women participate in the workforce. We have a very high percentage of young people who do not participate in the workforce. They're not in education and are not at work. We can draw them into the workforce help them attain skills and participate. And also we will have inevitably have to invest in our aging population as well. Now, at this 
point. We have many Greeks in their 60s and the late 50s who are either out of the workforce entirely or are working towards leaving the workforce at some near point in the future. They have at least 20 to 30 healthy years ahead of them. We need to invest in them to help them participate meaningfully and not cast them aside as previous generations used to do. So we have high percentages of these pools of untapped human capital who are not utilized in our society and our economy today. And we will need to tap into those pools of human capital in the future in order to close that gap that will inevitably come. With this challenge rising to the top of the agenda, it's also featured in the Greek elections. What kind of solutions are the country's political leaders putting forth? Now, the demographic issue is a difficult one, but it's a simple one. As we mentioned, there are very few factors that influence the demographic outlook of a country. Now, there are other countries like Sweden or France who have implemented specific policies to tackle the same issue. The problem is common in the entire Western world. And what their experience has shown is that policies that help working mothers, working women remain in the workforce, remove obstacles that in some instances do not allow them to have as many children as they want or bring them forward the dilemma of participating in the workforce or having a family and caring for their family. Those obstacles need to be removed. And these countries like France and Sweden have implemented very expensive, very drastic policies to help couples make these decisions with the safety of maintaining a career and participating in the workforce. These kind of policies are very difficult to implement because they're expensive. There are other policies that are also expensive that other countries like Hungary have implemented. Monetary incentives for couples to have children, specific KPIs in order to gain access to very affordable loans, and that sort of things that it seems that they don't work as well as these other policies that are mostly targeted to help women participate in the workforce and help couples to keep a work-life balance that works for them and helps them make their life decisions uh, more easily. Now, these policies, as I mentioned, they're very expensive and they will be very hard to implement in this current financial economic environment. But the very first thing that the next government and any government can do is actually invest in economic growth. Because most countries that have a more positive economic outlook are the countries that have financial economic stability, an economy that works, that pays high wages, that protects workers' rights. And these countries are, at the same time, the same countries that attract immigrants. So countries like Australia, Canada, Sweden, France, to some extent, those are the countries that have a better demographic outlook than all other Western countries, but except their incentives and the policies and the family policies, they also have the financial stability in order to help couples maintain a suitable lifestyle and also make life choices that helps the birth rate rise. And at the same time, they're able to attract immigrants because that's not part of the conversation here in Greece. Greece is not a desirable destination for immigrants. Nobody wants to come to Greece to build a better future for their lives. We could attract part-time workers or workers that work on the agriculture sector for a few months, but that's not a driver 
that would solve the demographic or mitigate the demographic issue in the country in order to draw in skilled workers, long-term immigrants, or even highly skilled workers from other countries that would work as digital nomads in the country, we would have to invest in the economy and achieve a level of economic stability that would at the same time attract back some of the 500-400,000 Greeks that have emigrated during the past 10 or 15 years. So economic development, to cut it short, that's the main issue. That's the number one factor that would help mitigate the demographic picture in the country in the short term. Thodoris, thanks again for joining us. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much. In other news, after weeks of negotiations, EU countries finally signed off on the 11th package of sanctions against Russia in just over a year. But instead of introducing new restrictions, it looks like Brussels' focus is now on tightening loopholes on existing rules, creating powers for secondary sanctions, and naming and shaming companies that fall foul of the rules. Attempts to circumvent union-restrictive measures have resulted in a sharp increase of deceptive practices by vessels transporting Russian crude oil and petroleum products. The text of the decision reads, Measures agreed by member countries will prohibit vessels suspected of these practices from entering EU ports, irrespective of their flag of registration. Finally, former U.S. President Barack Obama took to the stage of the Greek national opera Stavros Niarchos Hall in southern Athens on Thursday for a conversation with Stavros Niarchos Foundation co-president Andreas Drakopoulos. He discussed strengthening democratic culture, the rise in inequalities, and the significance of investing in the next generation of leaders. He also warned about the dangers of extreme-right populist parties in Europe and the United States that give the impression that they will do anything to win elections and tear down norms or manipulate voting rules. While in Athens, Obama also met with New Democracy leader Kyriakos Mitsotakis and Syriza leader Alexis Tsipras. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.